Hey, I'm excited. This is our season two. We just started last week, literally. Um, we're in our season two, and this season is called Increase. And I'm so pumped um, about what God is doing. Hey, let me just say a quick shout out to all of our dream team for making this possible week on, week out. I want to thank you so much for the setup team. Yeah, come on, give it up for the, the dream team. You guys are awesome. Hey, this dream is is coming to be and coming into fruition. And I, and I just want to say a big shout out to everybody. And uh, those that are working in the kids, they're rocking it, man. Bringing up these kids to know Jesus and who he is. And I'm just so, so honored to be a part of such an amazing team that's coming into Philadelphia with a purpose and a reason. I want to look back at Isaiah 54. Um, this was our, our scripture for increase. And it's just a scripture that God placed on our heart uh, for this season, but it says in verse two, it says, clear lots of ground for your tents, make your tents large, spread out, think big, use plenty of rope, drive the tent pegs deep. You're gonna need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're gonna take over whole nations. You're gonna resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not gonna be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. Now, I don't know about you, but that gets me pumped. It gets me excited. Back in the Bible days, you got to know this, they built tents, and the tents were their homes. It was where they dwelled, is where they came to worship together. So they want to change church. They'd set up a tent out back, and they'd all get in. You know what I mean? That was just it. And so back in the, back in the day, you know, he was talking about expanding the territory of people who knew Jesus and to bring them into the family of God. And I believe that this scripture is so prevalent for us today that we are to build not only a home, okay? We're here to build a gigantic home for all to belong. And I love this. Whenever you're prepping for dinner guests, you know, you always prep for who's all coming, right? So if you have 18 people coming, you're gonna prep food for 18 people. If you have a couple people, you're gonna prep for a couple people. Well, the vision that God has placed on our hearts to build a church here in Philly is massive. So we're gonna clear lots of ground. So we're looking for a territory that's huge. We wanna spread out and think big because that's what God has placed on our hearts. And that's why we're extending our hands as much as we can to get things done. And I love the part where it says um, that God is, is going to take over whole nations. And I wonder how many of us have settled for half nations. Where God has promised you a whole nation and yet you just settle for half nations. And God has promised you big things and called you to great things. And a lot of us, we settle for, for half-hearted stuff. We settle for the little and be like, oh, that's cool. That's good. But God didn't create you for good. He created you for great. God made you for big things. And I, I'm just excited to be a part of it. And I'm excited to take over whole nations and resettle abandoned cities. And you think about Philly. Philly is an up-and-coming I mean, it's going to be a great city. It is a great city, and it's becoming even greater. And I believe that Philadelphia will be the standard for the world of what a city looks like that is working together. You think about it. Philly's going to work together. So much, so much right now, even we see in the business world of just people partnering and coming together. And I think that's where we're going to see lasting change happen is we can, we can break down the walls of, of what we don't agree with and come together in what we believe in. And that's, that's change, baby. We're coming together to bring change to the city. And man, I'm so excited. 
Are y'all pumped? Increase, baby. So we talked about how each of us have a tent peg. I actually brought one here. If you didn't get one last week, you can totally grab one. Um, But a tent peg is what the rope connects to and the canvas is spread out. And as far as these tent pegs can go with the rope stretched out is how big the tent will be. And so we believe that everybody has a tent peg, whatever that looks like for you. God's given you an influence. He's given you a network. He's given you people around you, a family. You know, he's given you a workspace. And so God has given and trusted you a tent peg for this mission. And our question right now is, where does God want you to go with this tent peg? Man, I am like overwhelmed with the thoughts because everyone I meet, I'm thinking in my head, I want that territory. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody I'm coming in conversation with, I'm like, yo, let's go out for coffee. Let's, let's go out for lunch. Let's talk, man. I was just with a guy just the other day and we were talking and, and he just showed a little bit of interest. I'm like, yo, you want to get lunch this week? And he's like, sure, yeah, let's do that. But I'm like, yo, I'm planting my tent peg deep. I want to plant seeds all around because I believe in this. I believe in increase. I believe in uh, creating an army that's going to bring about change in Philadelphia. And I just, I challenge you to join us. Grab a tent peg. And run with this thing and let's let's plant it deep into the the ground and fertile soil of Philadelphia but I'm excited to be here today um yeah and I you know you always know there's there's several types of people and you have them in your workspace you know you have people that are the bystanders they're okay just to to watch, you know, and there will be people that will do this with, with change too. And that's, that's great. There'll be people that will sit in the sidelines and be like, Hey, I'll, I'll see what's going to happen. You know, we'll see what takes place, you know, but then there are the other breed, the people that are crazy. You know what I mean? The people that actually believe it and run like they believe it. The people who don't just run the race, but run the race to win. Do you know those people? You know, I'm one of those people. I don't like just to sit on the sidelines and watch people work. Man, back in Thanksgiving time, I threw out my back. We were going to the parade, and I'm an old man, so I went to literally flip off the switch, and my back went out, and I was stuck. And I didn't even get to go to the parade or anything. I was on my back for like eight days. It was killer. I hated it because I watched everybody else work. I'm not like that. There's just a different type of person that's like, man, I got to be out there. I got to be doing it. I got to be on the front lines. And uh, there's going to be people like that in our team that's going to say, hey, as far as me and my house, we're going to get this done. We're going to set our tent pegs deep. We're going to go and get territory for Jesus Christ and take it over. And I'm excited, but I'm excited to be a part of that kind of team. I want to look today, you know, this week is the week of, of Easter. Isn't that cool? This is the week that we remember what Jesus did for us. And we remember how he died on the cross. But then we remember how he rose again. And I think, you know, there's some of us that, that need to look back to remember how he died and overcame our sins so that we can know how to go forward. You know, a lot of times you need to look for, back so you can get clarity for where you're headed. You need to look back and see what he defeated so you can go and know what you can overtake. Um, A lot lot of us get stuck in the death part. You know, we're okay that he died for our sins and that's where we stay. But we need to remember it's not staying there. You know, a lot of us stay in our story. Well, I was was, um, saved from this and I was saved from this and I used to do this and I used to, and we get stuck there and we forget it's not about the death altogether. It's about 
the resurrection, the new life that God gives us. It's about what he's bringing you to, not what he brought you from. And God has a brand new spanking life for you. And I'm, I'm excited uh, to talk about it. But I want to go to Luke chapter 24. And this is, this is where Jesus died on the cross. They put him in the tomb. And this is uh, a bunch of ladies getting ready. So it says on the first day of the week, uh, verse 1, it says early, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. So you can picture the day. It's probably the sun's not up yet. It's probably a little foggy. You know, it's probably chilly. And the women, and they're not, they're not named here, but it was Mary Mary and Joanna, but they have their spices all prepared to go to Jesus' body and, and basically, you know, do a ceremonial like prepping of, of the body. And so they're on their way to the tomb. And you can't blame them. And, and I love this story because I think I always place myself in, in the character's shoes, you know. You got to do that when you're reading the Bible because it just makes it way more interesting. And you got to read, like, they're preparing the spices because their Savior, the one who came to save the world, is now dead. I mean, he died. They crucified him. So all of a sudden, this big movement that you are a part of, I mean, you were taking ground, you were seeing miracles happen. All of a sudden, he did. He gone. And now they're in this morning and they're trying to rationalize what just happened. And so they're getting all the spices ready and it says they, they went to the tomb and they found the stone rolled away. Can you imagine? You go into, you know, go to the grave site and you show up, you know, whether it's your loved one or whatever, and the gravestone is gone, it's all dug up and there's no tomb in there. Can you imagine? <laughs> You'd be like, yo, they need better security around here. Like, there's some grave robbers. This is, this is awkward. So the, the tombs open, stones rolled away. And so they entered. They did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. So while they were wondering, right in the midst of it, all of a sudden, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And I can just imagine what they said. Ah! Can, you, can you imagine what you would say? All of a sudden, you're chilling. You're like, what just happened to Jesus? He's been, he's, he died? And now the stone's been rolled away. Someone's robbed his body. And then beams of lightning. Boom. There they are. I'd, I'd have a little heart attack. I might just pee myself just a little bit. So in their fright, it says, the women bowed with their faces to the ground. And this, this next part, this is, this is what God has really been dealing with me. This, this question um, that, that they actually asked the women. And they said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? And that part of scripture jumped out to me and God started asking me, what are you looking for among the dead that only dwells with the living? What are some of the things that you've been searching for in the wrong places, that are the right things, but you're looking in the wrong places. I wonder how many of us, we look for fulfillment in life. We look for hope and joy. It's all good stuff. We look for a peace, but sometimes we're looking in the wrong place. We're looking among the dead things in life. You're looking among the things that, you know, the world says brings you joy, you know? And, and day after day, when the career building doesn't bring that satisfaction, when the car doesn't bring that satisfaction, nothing, no relationship, no popularity, nothing can bring that satisfaction to you. 
And it's almost like Jesus was like really pointing this out that I am not dead. I'm not in the death part of your life. I'm in the living part of your life. And I wanna take you from the things that I saved you from and bring you into where I want you to live in. And the women, here they are. They're in his tomb and they're, they're looking for Jesus who had died. And that's, that's what they knew. And I wonder how many of us were sitting around looking around because that's all we know. And, and the angel goes on and he says, he is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered unto the hands of sinners, be crucified and on the third day raised again. And, I, and the next part is so huge to me because it says, and then they remembered his words. Can you go back and remember what God spoke to you? Remember in that quiet moment, remember in those times where he was speaking to your heart about who you were when he first called you. Or maybe you haven't had that moment yet. Maybe that moment will be today. But that moment where God tells you who you are. And all of a sudden, everything in life makes sense. Everything comes together and you're in the middle of the tomb. But knowing, he already spoke to me about this. He's not among the dead. He's among the living. And I wonder what, what God wants to do in your life. I wonder what he wants to raise up in you, a new life, a new passion. I wonder what he wants to do inside of you so that you can come alive to who you were truly meant to be. Did you know that God knew exactly who you were gonna be and what you're gonna do before you were even conceived, even thought up? From the beginning of time, he had thoughts about you. The Bible says that he literally knit you in your mother's womb. That's such a cool mental picture for me because, you know, I just think how God, you know, he just put everything so detailed. It, it said knit. I mean, I mean, I get that picture like he's literally stitch by stitch thinking, what am I gonna put in her? What am I gonna put in him? What characteristics does, do they need? What, what, what kind of personality do they need to accomplish what I'm calling them to do? Isn't that a great thought? And I believe that God wants to do so much in, in your life. He wants to do so much in us. And if you can just think back, you can remember what he spoke to you. Um, I want to tell you about Jim. We'll call him Jim. Jim, uh, he overdosed uh, on heroin a couple times, and this time literally almost died. And his family and his girlfriend were ticked at him. I mean, they just came unglued. And so Jim, in the, in the chaos and in the craziness of this moment, he ran, and he was, he was searching. He was back in the life, and, and something happened in his life where he just had a moment where he was like, I got to get clean. I got to get my life back on track. I'm not, I haven't lost everything. I need, to, I need to do this right. And so he decided he's going to go to a treatment house. But the only problem was the treatment house was across the city. And so he got as far as he could get on his money that he had left over. And he got to 69th Street Station. And uh, yesterday we were, we were giving out coffee to everybody and loving on people. And that's what we do. You know, we, we just serve the city. And 
in the middle of that, do you know who shows up to our coffee cart but Jim? And in the middle of us asking, how you doing? How's your day going? He starts to break down and, and share. And this was just yesterday. And he starts to share about, about where he's going. And in that moment, it was like he wasn't searching for God, but God found him. I love those moments. I love those moments where God reaches out. And though you might not even be looking for him, he finds you. And I wonder where you are in life. You know, I wonder what, what things you have maybe coming against you or maybe even that you're trying to work through. You might have things going on at home that are hard. It's a struggle. Life's a struggle. You might be working through some things to get to that point of life where you are free and you are living life to the fullest. But wherever you are, I know this, that God is setting up destinations for you. He cares about you so much. And he wants to take you from living in the midst of the dead to living out a life that he's called you to live. And I wonder who's waiting for you to show up. You know, because to me, it's just a cup of coffee. But to Jim, it was a life-changing moment. So I want to, where's God calling you to go? What's God calling you to do? Does your heart beat for the things that God's heart beats for? My prayer and my challenge to you is in this season of increase, when we're seeking God and saying, God, what does this look like for us to take over our city? What does this look like for us to expand the territory? to look at the ground and say, how can we clear it and, and make it better? And, and, and how can we go there? My prayer is that God just opens our eyes to say, to see what he has for us to do, what he has for you to do, what he has for you to say, who he brings into your path, that it might just be a cup of coffee, might just be a, hey, how's your day going? But you never know who's on the other side of that cup of coffee. You never know who needs those life-giving words that you have to give. And that's huge. That's huge. We were in Alabama and uh, we, were at a, we were at an intensive uh, and, and it was crazy because it, right in the middle of it, they had these big warnings come out that these big tornadoes were coming. Now, tornadoes up here aren't that big of a deal, but when you're in the South, tornadoes are real, okay? They're like, you know, they actually happen. Yeah, they're like the twisters you see on the movies. So they have these big, you know, uh, big warnings and all. And they're like, hey, we'll have to call you tomorrow just to see if we're going to actually have these meetings and all. So it was scary. Well, we go to the hotel and we're staying in the sixth floor. And I said, Ashley, this is like a suicide mission up here. I don't know what we're doing up here. Like, this is not where you want to be. You know what I mean? Because she's from Kansas. So they know in Kansas, they all have basements and storm cellars, Right. Up here, that's not even a thing. <laughs> you live in the city, you know, you're, you're doomed. You know, get in the bathtub, you're doomed. You're going on a bathtub journey, <laughs> you know. Um, but here we're on the sixth floor, and I'm like, oh, my word, this is kind of scary. This is really, so we prayed a little harder that night, you know. You, you ever have those prayer times where you get a little closer to God? And so that night, it's like, hey, God, you know, we need a little protection here. 
you know, because we're here in Alabama and tornadoes are real. <laughs> They're a real thing. Um, but the next morning, we were actually, we went to the, the intensive. We found out that the tornadoes and storms literally came to Birmingham, Alabama and split and went around the city and then came back together right on the other side of Birmingham, Alabama. Now, call a coincidence. Go ahead. But I call it my answer to prayer because <laughs> I was in the sixth floor. I was going down. So I was like, oh, Jesus, you know my heart. You know I need to launch this church in Philly, Lord, you know. So I'm like praying my guts. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about anybody else, but Lord, just for me, right? We're going to take care of your, your preachers. <laughs> but it was cool to see how God's hand was right in the midst of it. And it's, it's little stuff, you know what I mean? But it's the biggest thing because God is always watching out and his power is greater than anything you could ever imagine. So I want you to realize that, that God is beyond what you see and hear and feel. He's beyond it. His power is greater than anything you could ever imagine. Um, and that's who we trust in. That's who we serve. That's who we serve. Man, I, I'm excited about everything going on right now. Uh, there's marriages being mended. There's kids being raised up to be world changers. There's hundreds uh, of people that are down and out at their wits end that are being touched by Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you guys so much for your, your generosity. You know, uh, because of your giving and your generosity towards change, lives are being changed. I want to thank you for that. Thank you for jumping on board. Thank you for serving. Thank you for giving your time. Um, just a huge shout out to our amazing team as we bring change to the city of Philadelphia. I wanna pray with you today. Um, if everybody would just close your eyes and bow your, bow your heads. I wanna pray with you because you know, if, if you're in this room and uh, you need to get right with God, I wanna give you the opportunity today because I feel like you know, there's, there's certain destinations where God just lines you up properly to be exactly where he wants you to be. And, and maybe some of you, you know, you feel like you've been searching for, for God, but maybe it's been in the wrong places and you've been trying to find fulfillment and all this stuff. But God, I, I know that, that Jesus, uh, for me personally, Jesus has been the only thing that can fill the void. He's been the only thing that can fill those, those things inside that, that aren't okay. They're not okay with the status quo. They're not okay with how life is. And Jesus is the only filler for that hole in my heart. And so I wanna give you an opportunity today that if you need to get right with God or you have, you know, you need to just dedicate your life to Jesus and you say, hey, Lige, I wanna be a part of this change. And let me tell you this, the change happens inside of you first. And once Jesus gets in your heart, once that relationship is built, he starts to make you the person that you need to be in order to change your world. But it starts in you. But if you're here today uh, with nobody looking around, I just want to give an opportunity to say yes to Jesus and start a relationship with him. If that's you, I just want you to slip up a hand. Just nobody looking around, just you. Just say, hey, Elijah, I'd like to do that today. I would like to dedicate my life to Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. I see that hand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Awesome. Hey, this is, this is exciting for us because this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Um, hey, if you're here today, and that's your prayer. I just want you to pray with me. Everybody pray with me as we pray. This is just literally a, a, an introduction to Jesus, but man, he's amazing. And if you're rededicating your life today, this is just a great way just to start out and say, God, I'm, I'm on board with this. This is, this is real stuff. This is real life. Just pray with me. Would you say, Jesus, I love you. And I thank you 
for dying on the cross for me. You would do it just for me. And I love you. And I accept your forgiveness. And I call you Lord of my life. Once you help me to be the change so I can change my world. We love you so much, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Come on, give it up, give it up for Jesus. I wanna say a huge congratulations because this is a big time. This is a big time for us, and a big time for you. Um, and make sure you connect with somebody today, okay? Make sure to give them a little, hey, I, I accepted Jesus. I, I got my life right with Jesus because we wanna, we wanna celebrate with you. Here at Change, we wanna do life together. And that's what we're all about. This isn't a journey that you're on your own now. And it's like, hey, go ahead and figure it out. No, we're doing this together. And we want to make sure that we are all on track to really making a difference, not only in the world, but right in here. Because that's where it starts. Starting a revival in our hearts so that we can go change the world.